podcast. It's episode 53 of Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast, which means it's episode 53 of my Weird Podcast, because he is I and I is he, if you will. And I'm delighted to be back on the podcast. First and foremost, I, I got to apologise to all my avid listeners, because, hey, there wasn't a weird podcast last week, and I just got to put my hands up and say, I'm sorry for for that. I am. I had other things on my mind, and I just wasn't able to make it happen. And that's because now, one week on, I'm a married man. How about that, eh? A lot of people saying, "Hey man, did you uh, did you go away to get married?" Um, it's because you can't marry guys in NIC because, as we know, gay marriage is illegal, which is a weird thing to say in twenty eighteen. But hey, you can't be having gays get married. To be fair, you know what I mean, um, because that would just put like regular heterosexual run of the mill marriages to shame. Like, put it like this: you know, I am a flamboyant guy. I admit it, I'm camp, I'm extroverted, I'm a little bit cum, but I'm not as flamboyant, as camp, as extroverted, or as cum as some gay guys. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking Boy George, Marilyn, the human Kendall, Rodrigo Alves, um, Divine, Dale Winton, RuPaul, or even... One of my heroes, Liberace, you know what I'm saying? Those type of guys, those camp, extroverted guys. But also, on the other hand, let's face it, I'm more flamboyant than camp and extroverted and or come than some other gay guys. Like Lance Lance Bass from NSYNC. Like, he's just a regular kind of dude, you know what I mean? He's not, you wouldn't look at him and be like, oh, he's flamboyant. You just look at him and go, pretty, pretty regular dude there. But that's not my point. What I'm saying is, if the gay community were allowed to get married now and I it would be so great like can you imagine the weddings they'd be they'd be amazing like we'd be talking candelabras kitted out with candles because it'd obviously be pointless to have candelabras if you ain't got no candles in them it'd just be you know effectively like having a dinner plate with no dinner on it you know it's pointless but you have the candelabras kitted out with candles of course they would have pearls dripping between the candelabras. There'd be gold confetti with stylish navy confetti mixed in, just you know, to set it off, really bring it in. The rooms would be lit with a different colour hue than a regular lit room. You know, I can imagine like a nice soft blue light, bespoke matching cake with sparkles. Mm, yum yum. Whoa. Whoa, 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 newsflash guys, I just fully described the setup of my own wedding there. <laughs> On a side note, just before I actually get, get stuck into things, um, it is 2018, gay people should for sure be allowed to get married. DP, you need to chill on that front. And why? Because gay people don't want you at their weddings. Do you know what I mean? This is the thing that gets to me the most. DP, like, eh, nah, I'm not having, I'm not having gay people get married, not on my watch. And I'm like, guys... You ain't gonna be invited to no gay gay weddings. You know, gay people don't like the way you carry yours. You know, the gay community don't like the way the DUP are all like, no, you can't get married. <laughs> they don't like that. So don't think that whenever like the first few gay people are allowed to get married, which will happen because hey, as I said, 2018, that there's just gonna be an absolute outpouring of invites from the gay community to DUP party members to come to their weddings. You know, that's not gonna be happening. Because Maybe I'm speaking a line here. Maybe I'm, I'm being offensive or racist or whatever. Or I don't know. But I'm just going to clamp them all into the same group here and say, hey, if you're in the DUP, you ain't got style. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen that video. The, the round's probably one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. The video of the DUP dancing to Freed from Desire the Will Gregg remix, um, but replaced Will Gregg with Arlene, a newsflash, it was wick. <laughs> like, I don't want to go all, like, I don't want to be like Craig Revel Horvath here, um, but those democratic UPs can't dance. They can't do it. Like, if I'm a gay guy, I don't want Nelson McCausland on the dance floor 
like a guy with no patellas, no flexibility, no movement, no groove, trying to break it out to Donna Summer at my wedding. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that. Anyway, that was just an image for you. Think about Nelson McCausland with no knees. I'm not indicating that he'll get kneecapped or anything. I just mean like the lack of flexibility that guy would have and a lack of movement. You would assume he ain't got no bend in his knees, just two straight legs. Oh, emphasis on the straight, of course. Just trying to break it out at a gay wedding. But anyway, I digress back to my own wedding. The selfish man. What a day it was. It was, I know everyone says, oh, your wedding day is the best day of your life. Genuinely, very close to it. You know, I'm thinking the, the birth of Holly. But in terms of actual fun, the wedding day was more fun. Yeah, Holly, being born was amazing. But it's also you neglect the fact that it's a long, tiring old day where you're stressed even more so than you're stressing your wedding day. But I feel like a lot of you will probably be listening, trying to hear the ins and outs, the juicy gossip and whatnot. And hey, that's what I'm here. I'm here to give it to you. Um, and I feel like it'd be interesting for me to talk about the wedding too. Um, because let's be fair, it's been a bit of a world, a whirlwind few days. Um, and also as drunk on my wedding day, not like blocked at the actual time where you'd be like, oh, fuck, he's blocked. But see, whenever you start drinking at like nine in the morning and keep drinking continuously all day until the following morning at like half four, you're going you're gonna to get a bit of a steam on. Do you know what I mean? But uh, I'll probably start off. In fact, before I get into it, I had a few uh, preceding moments before the wedding, uh, a couple of nights. I got married on Friday, Friday the 2nd of November. So that would be on, on the 31st. October Halloween very spooky I went for like drinks with the bridal party and and by bridal party I mean basically just my best man his wife and my sister who was a bridesmaid because my two groomsmen uh, Shane Todd was one groomsman and my other groomsman Daniel Leebody Shane was doing a gig that night which is selfish and couldn't come and Daniel um, just didn't bother coming back from London until literally a day before the wedding. Hadn't tried to suit none of that on, so that wasn't stressful. But he arrives back anyway, so he wasn't back until the day after. Um, Catherine's bridesmaids, or head bridesmaid, uh, chief bridesmaid, number one bridesmaid, uh, whatever the actual term is, she had an exam to submit or an essay deadline to put in on the day of the wedding, which... Hey, when you're 32, it's weird to be still doing that. But hey, fair play to her. She got it in, got it done. Um, she doesn't think she's going to pass that because it was rushed. But with any luck, you know, if we collectively put our heads together and just say, let's hope she gets that passed, I'm sure the positive energy will enter the ether and give her some outstanding results. And then her other bridesmaid was just fully sick. So it ended up going out just for dinner with myself, my best man Phil, his wife Susie, my sister Fiona, and... Catherine, my current wife, which is much better to say than fiance. We went out for dinner, had a nice little meal, had a, had a beer. Myself and Phil decided, hey, we'll split a bottle of wine here. You know, it's wedding week. Let's let's loosen up. So we had that. After dinner, the Susie, Phil's wife, she was driving. She had to work the next day. She's like, right, I'm going to head on. She's not sweet. So myself, Phil... My wife and uh, my sister headed out into Bangor for a few drinks. And by a few drinks, I mean we went to like two bars. Then the two girls were like, no, we're tired. We're going to go. Are you coming too? Me and Phil were like, to be totally honest, we've got a legit buzz on here. So I think we're just going to ride this out. So we ended up going to a couple other bars and uh, drinking another bottle of wine between us, a few more pints. And ended up fully steaming. Now, you know you're steaming whenever... uh, you have to go all, all Bergerac the next day and piece your day together and work out what how blocked was it. Like I woke up and had that sort of haze where you're like, am I sober or am I still blitzed? Am I just free of hangover or am I just still steaming? And as I made my way down the stairs to find a shoe at the top of the stairs, another shoe halfway down the stairs, a pair of boxers um, at the bottom of the stairs, which is a weird order to take stuff off. So if I'm getting naked, why have I taken my pants off before my my shoes? You know, it's weird. And then my jeans were just, to be fair, inside out and strewn onto the kitchen floor. So obviously I'd gone in, daddy gone in looking some num-nums. Got hot, I'm working it out, just ripped my jeans off over my shoes. And then be like, oh, I need to take my pants off now. 
and then made my way upstairs, shoot a time. Socks then led into the bedroom <coughs> until he got to bed. And then there was me that had exited the bed, was still wearing a t-shirt from the night before. So that ended up being blocked. And then that whole day um, was just planning stuff, getting stuff ready for the wedding. Um, and just generally being nervous like the whole lead up to it I wasn't nervous at all I was chilled I was excited I was looking forward to it but on the Thursday I just got really nervous at one point to the point that I was like I feel I feel a bit sick here like I was shopping I was at a shopping centre to buy um, I put this wee hamper together for Catherine as a gift because I'm a nice guy and I wanted to get some perfume for her so I went to the shopping centre to buy perfume and in the shopping centre, I just got this wee feeling like, I'm going to die. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to have a full heart attack and just drop dead here. And I wasn't sure whether it was um, nerves or legitimately just majorly hungover, which I think it was possibly a combo of both. Because, yes, I was nervous, but also majorly hung as well. So I had to do the, the most... Uh, bitch thing ever and I had to go I had to go to a, a wee shop and get a bottle of water and have we sit down you know on the benches in supermarkets and the only people there's only two types of people that ever sit at benches in supermarkets they are old people like sitting there with a wee rain max on or parents with kids so they're either the kids there toddlers just being naughty and the mums just sitting down shouting at them wiping crumbs off their face or just a real old guy being like hey I've walked 80 steps here to get in this supermarché. I need to sit down. And that's the way they do it. So that was the situation there. I had to sit down, have a drink of water, compose myself. Whew. Went and got the perfume, which is fine until I got to the till and found out the price of it. And then I had another near heart attack. I had to just sit down cross-legged in the shop and drink the water and look at the wee woman serving me. Being like, I'll be okay in a wee second. I just um, <coughs> need to just compose myself. And then headed on home and that was fine that night we ended up going to the old inn in Crawfordsburn where we got married me and the uh, the uh, grooms men and then my side of the family went for a few drinks there and to be honest I managed two drinks and by 10 o'clock was like right I need to go here because I'm 10 out of 10 exhausted and also um, I don't want to get blocked again and also I have the small matter of a speech to finish <laughs> because Everyone was all, oh no, I can't believe you're not writing your speech. Here's the news flash, right guys? I'm a stand-up comedian. I do stand-up every week. You know, I prefer to work or write as I'm going along. So now, did I have the speech written on paper? No. But did I have it all, like, placed out in my head? Did, did I, like, sit there? Is my mind, like, do I have a little Tom Cruise man in my head? Just going on minority reports? Yes, I have all that. It's fine. It all worked out. I just hadn't actually put the notes on 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 cards essentially because I need a few buzz cards. It's like anything you do stand up. You put a couple of notes in your hand. It's not actually the material. It's just a couple of buzzwords to help you get through it in case you just like lose the order or something. You know. So that's all it was, and I went home for that. Straight to bed. Didn't sleep too well. A bit nervous at, at points. And also wasn't in my own bed, which is, you know, to be fair, in hindsight, at the time, I was like, I want my own bed. But as I look back, I realised that would have been a real a real inconvenience for my parents, because I stayed at their house and I would have had to, you know, have my bed shipped from my house um, to theirs. You know, weird that it had to be shipped, because you could definitely just put it in a van and brought it over. You know, you could just pop that into, a, get a man with a van or men with a van and get them to just ship or drive my bed to my parents now you could also drive down to the beach and put it on a ship and you could drive that ship along sail it should I say along the coast from my house to my parents house and you could definitely get you know little manservant people to come and bring it and put it up but I think for what it was worth that was just too much effort so I was quite happy to just sleep in a bed in their house and I did and it was a nice time and 
I woke up the next morning, I heard somebody upstairs. My parents, they live in a, in a townhouse, so it's like three stores, stories. I sleep like in the Fritzel area, you know, the basement. And then there's like a middle eating area and like eating and living room area. And then there's a bell tower, Quasimodo area where like my parents live. So I could hear somebody in the ground above me and I'm like, that'll be my dad because my dad's a real weird guy that doesn't really, you know, he's not, he's, he's weird sleeping patterns. So I'm like, hey, he'll be up this time, no sweat. So I headed on upstairs. It wasn't my dad, it was Phil. Just chilling, watching TV, um, having a nice time, watching Busted. Uh, to on Good Morning Britain chatting about their comeback which is great news because as a lot of you people might not know Buster are one of my favourite bands possibly my favourite band I'm glad to see them back with some new music so that was a bit of a sign you know wedding day Buster are back just for me I appreciate that made me in good mood said how we a bit of food um, obviously day of your wedding you got to watch what you eat I had cocktail sandwiches cocktail sausage sandwiches um, so like I took the cocktail sausages, put them in the microwave, and then I put them betwixt two pieces of bread, thus making a sausage. <laughs> so gross, sorry about the sniffles, it was an aeroplane. Um, so it's thus making a sandwich, because I didn't put sausages into a pre-made sandwich, because that's excessive. But I made my own cocktail sausage sandwich, had a cup of tea, threw on me, and headed out for a walk along the coast. Um, and that was a good idea. I like to do that on the day of the wedding, just to go get some fresh air about me. It was a very chilly morning, um, because obviously it's Northern Ireland in November, and, and that's the way it goes. Apologies, had to stop recording there for a second, as I had a major nose blow requirement, and then we'll do that on the podcast. But we headed um, along the coast, which was lovely. Um, really nice... Uh, Really nice weather, cold, brisk, got a bit of blood flowing, cleared the mind, headed back to the house to get ready, um, had some actual breakfast while I was there, and then the photographer arrived, who I'd fully forgotten was coming um, at that time of the day, so I was like, who the, who the bloody F's at the door this hour of the day? And it was the photographer, um, who's a friggin' great guy, really enjoyed the photographers at my wedding, thought they were top, top people actually added to the day, which is... You know, something you don't necessarily... Uh, well, I didn't, for one, expect photographers would actually make your day better, but they were really great. Um, so shout out to Pete and Laura for that. But, um, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, getting myself all together, getting photographs taken. And then what was weird was that I, I dropped into a vortex of um, it being like half nine in the morning and then all of a sudden, oh, it's it's half twelve. Yeah, oh, fuck. Half twelve is the time I'm supposed to be at the venue. So I went and got myself a shower uh, at about, realistically, I think I got in the shower about 10 to 12. And then I was just getting dried. Now, there's a dangerous time where if you're in the shower and you come out of the shower, you just sweat all over again and you go to yourself, why do you even fucking shower in the first place, you know? So... I was very um, wary of the fact that I didn't want to start sweating again in my, in my special wedding outfit. So I just basically came out of the shower, um, threw my towel on me and lay on the bed. And now at 10 to 12, started putting my notes together for my speech. Um, and it was great. <laughs> you know, I... Uh, put my speech together, sorted that all out, got my gear on, which I'm not a big fan of suits, I must be honest. Um, I think it's a wicked TV show. Ah, but um, boom, shh, no, I haven't actually seen it. I, um, I just don't feel comfortable in them. I'm not, a, I'm not a physique guy for suits. I am a physique guy, as you all know. Um, and once I return from my honeymoon number two, I'm going to get seriously into the fitness. Like, I'm going to friggin'... Like, I'm coming for you, player, you know, in terms of the heavyweight cut. You keep an eye on that. It's going to be going through the roof when I get back from my uh, my, my number two honeymoon. But I've got the suit on, and, and oddly, I felt really comfortable in it. You know, I put it on. I was like, I feel really good in this. I feel like, hey, I'm ready to go get married. So I made my way up to the Crawford's Burn Inn. Um, <clears throat> got there, had a pint to settle my nerves. As you do here, give him a pint and settle his fucking nerves. He's all over the show. So got that on, on board. 
um, made me feel really good. One pint did me, didn't want to get too locked because you know how that goes. And then I just had to sort of go around and meet like a load of the, the guests. Now, I know, I would say I knew about about 80% of the people there. There were some members of like Catherine's extended family who had no body who they were. So people coming up to me, introducing them, themselves, and I was going, mm, absolutely, that. I'm David, and because mm, that was my name for the day, David, because that's actually my real name. What about that for a scoop? People are going, flip, Dave Elliot, is he? I think he's just Dave. No, I'm David. David's my actual name, believe it or not. So I'd expect to see that on Belfast Live tomorrow, Dave Elliot, real name, David. But that's true. So I was going around introducing myself to people I didn't know, you know, hanging out with people that I did know. Um, just generally getting a little bit more stressed out and worried about the general <laughs> about the general situation. Because um, as time goes on, you're supposed to be like like I, I had a couple of wee chores to do, and and like I didn't actually know what they were as I was going through the day. And I'm like, there's supposed to be a registrar here. She's supposed to be there like about one o'clock to just meet meet me and see what I'm looking to do and whatnot. And she didn't arrive. And then Catherine's supposed to be there too. And as time got on, I was like, uh, I got to, um, I got to start worrying here. Um, so I, <laughs> the registrar came, calmed me down, had a chat, was like, right, this is sorted, whatever. Sorry, I was a wee bit uh, distant there. My phone started ringing. My mum, she should know when I'm recording a weird podcast. Don't ring me. I'll give her the, uh, the stiff forearm when she gets here. But, um, the the uh, registrar got there that set my nerves a bit and then everyone started getting into the room we're getting married I'm standing in the front going oh oh it's business time it's going to be starting here this is it the wedding's going to happen I looked at the watch past two Catherine should have been there too started to get the the willies the heebie-jeebies you know how that goes and then the music starts um with a nice string quartet to play the play Catherine in and I had selected the wedding song for her to come into she didn't know and being a cheese meister I picked uh, It's All About You McFly on the string quartet which was beautiful um, albeit my original choice was Sir Mix-a-Lot Baby's Got Back but I think that would have been uh, poorly received so I'm there stand atop couple of uh, flower girls arrive looking real sweet in her wee outfits and I was like going oh, oh it's happening now then a couple of bridesmaids arrive this is the one who's sick my sister and then the chief bridesmaid who you'd be glad to know got her essay in in time arrived holding Holly came up the aisle and when I saw Holly I went and uh, Boke I just started to like I wouldn't say cry because you know I'm a macho guy you know I don't want to say I cried I just felt my face go red and some water started shooting a little bit out of my eyes just a little bit my nose started running yes but that's because the room was warm okay I didn't cry it just happened the water just happened to shoot out my eyes my nose started to run and I started to like that tra- then obviously triggered me to go into a slight asthma attack which made me go <laughs> you know that happened and then Catherine came along after Holly and my sickness got worse my water started shooting more in my eyes my nose started running and my asthma got worse because genuinely she's the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life and it was a moment that I was sort of psyching myself up for to be like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> she, I, don't, I don't care. I'm fucking cool. I'm ice cold. I ain't going to react to this. I'm just going to sit there at the top of the aisle looking down at the big, flipping stern look at my face like a Terminator. Nah, bald my eyes out. Not bald because I had to hold myself together, but there was tears. All right, dripping down a little bit. I wasn't going crazy mad. <laughs> but yeah, it was tough. I just came up to the front, everyone was standing, it was just a 
a really nice moment went through the service which was great um, we had a couple of readings during the service which is funny because it's quite a tight space so whenever people came to read they just had like push through Catherine and me and like stand basically in our face like you'd get a boxer standing nose to nose with his opponent in the way in that was how the reading was and then um, we said our vows and I got sick again during the vows I started I was saying them fine and then just the last wee bit because we were getting married um, somewhere beside a forest somehow a little strange <laughs> um, frog like climbed into the room must have scurried up my little suit and jumped into my mouth and got in my throat and I did the old classic um, you know voice break thing where you're like um, and I solemnly do I solemnly swear and I went I solemnly swear <coughs> to be uh, I solemnly swear to be with you forever and all but that moment I went a little bit a little bit croaky and then next thing you know boom we're married that was that Bob's your uncle uh, call off the search the big man's done and then the good thing about that is, is once the actual marriage is out of the way that just means hey it's party time you know what I mean and it was party time and after that um, went to did all the photos and stuff which was the bit of day I was like I CBA with this um, so we get got the photos done which turned out actually to be really good fun as said Laura and Pete great people made it enjoyable for us didn't take too long and then we're back at the party with everybody else so went back had a couple of drinks just mingled a bit then went off for a bit of time to ourselves just the two of us in a wee room which was lovely anyone out there engaged about to get married whatever I'd recommend that make sure you go off with your with your wife or your or your husband and just spend a little bit of time with them as opposed to um, just with everyone because it's, it's a pretty manic day and it's nice to just reflect on it a wee bit free just 10 minutes and a quick drink so we did that then we headed down for the dinner and uh, we got brought down the stairs that's another worrying moment you're like don't fall down these stairs Davy, because that would be embarrassing for all time so we headed down anyway didn't fall people are glad to see us got to the end table um or should say the head table, because the end table would be a wee bit um, anticlimactic, you know? And then we uh, just wired into things. Um, we're doing speeches. That, um, first of all, before we started it, so speaking was... I thought it would be a good idea to let Shane um, see it. And to be fair to him, he did a good job. Uh, he tried to mug me off, which to be fair, I'm sure he assumes that he did. But guess what? I'm emceeing your wedding in December, mate, and I have a little potato bag of mug-offs that I'm going to wait until the day of your wedding, and I'm going to empty my little sack on the table, and you are going to be collecting mugs for days. But he emceed, brought on my, hey, brought on my father-in-law, weird thing to say, Norman. I just know him as, never called him father-in-law before, just called him by his name Norman. Now I refer to him as daddy. He came up, he spoke, did a great speech, um, it was funny, and also an echo a bit emotional too, which was, was always good. Then um, my dad went on to speak, and my dad is a guy I don't think he's ever publicly spoken before. I mean like in front of a room of people. I'm sure that he has said words in public, um, but I wasn't sure what to expect from that. I thought he might be quite sort of shy. He mightn't be comfortable doing it. Fucking killed it. Big man came up and just spoke like he's been doing it at after dinner speeches for flipping years. You know, it made me think, ah, maybe that's actually where I get it from. You know, wasn't as funny as me, for sure, but he definitely had the confidence to do that. So maybe that's where I've, I've you know, got my amazing ability to do stand-up from who's to know then it was my turn to speak um, which was weird for me because um, it was a speech that I felt pressure that people thought it was going to be funny but I didn't want it to be a funny speech like it wasn't the best man speech I've already done plenty of best man speeches I'm a popular guy this was about my my wedding I wanted to say nice things to my wife to my wife didn't want to say that at all in the podcast, couldn't help myself, it was an illness. But um want to say nice things. So sort of I think I, I found the right balance of of saying a couple of funny bits and bobs, but also being nice and um saying what I wanted to say to 
someone I love, you know. So that was fun. And then my best man came up, Phil, who absolutely smashed the speech. Um, he definitely mugged me off. He brought a little potato bag of mugs for me and um, told one particular anecdote where I was performing uh, on a holiday with the boys performing Flying Without Wings by Westlife very enthusiastically. Um, that probably doesn't sound that funny a story when I'm just it's like, yeah, I was singing Flying Without Wings by Westlife. But when you put it in the scenario of being like five in the morning in a hot tub, butt naked, hitting the key change, standing out of the water with nothing but a smile, and then your mate's dad, whose villa it is you're staying in, has somehow made his way from the house to the hot tub by the time you have your eyes closed really hitting those notes and then you open your eyes you're butt naked you're standing in front of your friend's dad and he's just saying (laughs) he's looking you right in the eye and he goes fun's been had boys the party's over and never does a party end more than when you have a fully grown parent man in your face whilst you're standing completely soaking wet in the nude singing Flying Without Wings by Westlife very vulnerable moment that you know so you talk about that and did a bit of singing that was great and then afterwards um, we just got the food on board and then partied which was amazing like I've been to a load of weddings and I always like I often don't prepare correctly for them like I either eat too much and then I'm stuffed or don't eat enough and then I'm blit I just ate the perfect amount I planned that perfect at the perfect amount started drinking didn't get quite drunk um during dinner or whatever was quite sensible and did a bit of mingling afterwards and then the band came who were amazing as well and then there was DJ and music and stuff after the band so when the band came <coughs> excuse me um we, we had our first dance um which was was great and then I say great sarcastically because I've never practiced before so I think I just sort of walked around like uh, one of those robot dudes I think they're called no they're actually called Cybermen from Doctor Who I don't watch um, Doctor Who I went to Mastermind question who wants to be a millionaire I've dropped 50-50 for the million pound what do you call the the robot characters from the planet whatever the frig they're called Doctor Who um, they're either Cybermen or robot robot dudes for sure uh, now nah, wrong, you lost all your money. Bollocks. But um, we had our first dance, and then everyone came on the dance floor and started dancing, and that was good. Like, I was having a nice time, like a really good time at that point, but it wasn't buzzed or anything. It wasn't like, I, I can let loose and have a real great dance here. And I'm not one for dancing. I have lucid movement, for sure. I'm not like Nelson McCausland. But I just wasn't like confident enough to, to dance at that point. Um, so... I headed out to the, the smoking area with some of the guys who were out there. They're having there were cigars on the go. There were some roll up cigarettes on the go. There was some uh, roll up cigarettes that um, had a more earthy scent to them on the go. And uh, there was a lot of wine and buckfast on the go. And let's just say after about twenty five to thirty minutes out there with that crew, I had a buzz on, and I headed back to the dance floor. And so I'm told, I was running around, high-fiving people, dancing, breaking out all sorts of shapes non-stop. The band were great. When the band ended, the DJ came on, dropped some classic steak beats, dropped bits and pieces, dropped Maniac, dropped DJ Sammy Heaven, all these classics, and then even threw a bit of Busted in there. So I was having a great time throwing shapes until we were sent home. And then when we were sent home, it wasn't even home time because the residence bar was open, so we all, anyone was still up for it, went to the residence bar, and... Uh, <clears throat> basically just drank and had a big sing-along until like five in the morning which by that stage um I had to go back to the, the the honeymoon cottage and um try to uh you know try to do a few burpees let's put it like that let's not go into graphics and let's just say I managed the burp I don't think I managed the ease part I just managed the burp but hey it counts so um, that was great and then I woke up the next day a married man which was lovely for the first like about 10 minutes of lying in bed chatting it was great and then when I stood up I hadn't realised that the honeymoon cottage in the old inn Crawfordsburn also doubles up as a legit active sauna 
And now you know I'm a fan of saunas. I like the stuff that goes on in saunas. I like it when dudes be in saunas with each other, pouring water in each other, and pouring water in those hot coals, you know, just dropping towels, getting naked, getting loose, having a good time. I don't like it when I'm trying to sleep. You know, I don't like it when I've just put away 40 gallons of legit alcohol the night before. I don't like that. Woke up and I felt terrible. Like, I mean, instantly the worst hangover off my life. And now I've had several hangovers in my days where the, I've gone, that's the worst hangover of my life. But in terms of this, this was the worst hangover of my life that I will definitely remember because it was the day after my wedding day. Went and headed for breakfast, which, um, fair play to the old inn once again, they had doubled up on their... Uh, dining facilities and made that into a sauna also and then they just turns out didn't even put the order for breakfast through so we end up sitting there for half an hour I'm sweating the bag of myself dying an absolute death albeit with friends and family so you know the way they double up dining facilities sleeping facilities with saunas we could have in that potential scenario doubled up my wedding day with my funeral day because I was going to die of heat exhaustion and hangover in that little dining area but then the dinner eventually came, which by then, here's here's another newsflash. You found out my name's actually David. Now here's another newsflash. I couldn't eat my breakfast. I have never not eaten a breakfast in my life. I've been alive for 32 years as a baby. I had porridge. I had breast milk. I had whatever else mushed shit. I had Bovril possibly and Smash, maybe, from a breakfast as a little boy. And I had that. Never turned down a bit. Bran flakes, add it. Shredded wheat, add it everything but never and I love a fried breakfast like if I were to ever be on death row and be put to death I'd be like guys can you kill me at about 10 in the morning so I can have a breakfast as my last meal please but I couldn't eat this breakfast I was that hung had to go back to the room had to gather stuff together and just had to get out of there and um, then whenever I went home it was weird because it was like I was home for a day and then going on honeymoon the following day so I got myself home and uh I think I literally did not one thing that whole entire day and I felt shit for it because we had honeymoon to go on the next day um, Catherine could have done with a bit more of a hand but I just physically wasn't capable of doing anything I was that hungover, I'd lost my ability to move to function, to breathe at effectively a version of locked in syndrome but due to hangover and it was horrendous but then luckily the next day I was only a bit hungover when I woke up the two day hangover was a thing but I got by and I headed on my honeymoon to Budapest, which was great. Um, it's actually the second time I've been to Budapest. Went before on a stag do, so it was a bit of a, a bit, bit of a different vibe this time. I think last time um, I was just just really full the whole time. Like I discovered this time things about Budapest that I just didn't know were things and things that are basically you know the main things to do there you know like the just the generic tourism sites to see like i didn't know there was a castle in budapest found that out this time and uh, learned all about uh the sort of soviet invasion the nazi invasion and stuff of of hungary which you know newsflash was grim you know um but it was great we spent uh three days there and we did a lot of eating, a lot of drinking, and a lot of, you guessed it in the bedroom, sleeping. Because, I mean, that's what happens. Yeah, you may be on your honeymoon, but when you're away from a baby, you just sleep, you know, and that's what what we got up to. And for anybody who hasn't been to Budapest, I would highly recommend it. Um, lots to do, lots to see, albeit the people aren't they're not what you would describe as overly friendly, but you know, if you go to the like the nicer parts of town where like tourism is a thing, pretty sweet. You know, and I being um just a real open minded, fresh kind of guy, just really threw myself into the the culture. First night we got there, went to a restaurant and I just ordered two of the most Hungarian meals there is. I'd goulash for soup. Actually not just straight up goulash goulash soup for a starter which is basically just loads of eastern european stuff thrown in a big pot and you get that mm, eat that down there's meat in it and there's red stuff so uh it was good and then for main course i had a thing called chicken paprikash which um was like a 
it was it was just like chicken and some sort of like creamy paprika sauce with um, dumpling bits, which dumplings are just kind of like pasta, effectively. But it was good gear. Enjoyed it thoroughly. And um, not being content with the food, I wanted to throw myself into the local drinks as well. So I went to a bar, and we were a bit sort of off the beaten track then after that. And uh, Catherine was like, oh, I'll just have a... I'll just have a pink gin. And the guy looked at her like, fuck's that, this is hungry, we can do that here. And I said, look, ignore her. I would like a drink. Something local. Something really Hungarian. You know, I want I want your local delicacy drink. You know, I want that shit. I said to the guy here, you know, can you give me some something local to drink and the guy looked at me and went you need come and i went i need to do what sorry and he went you need come and i went ah, okay i was like anything to get a drink <laughs> pulled my zip down no one's joking he went no you need come that's the drink literally the drink's called you need come which to be honest um i imagine tastes worse than actual cum does Listen to me. I imagine not. Definitely tastes worse. Um, but give it a go because you know what they were saying. When in Rome, yeah, it was in Budapest. And it's a different place, but give it a go. But if you haven't been, go go see Buda Castle. Go see all the sites. It's such a beautiful city. You know, I didn't realize that there it was two um, former towns combined. <laughs> Here's the 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 real facts coming through now. There was a town called Buda on one side of the river and a town called Pest. And it's not just me doing a Sean Connery impression, that's the way they say it locally. On the other side, and together, you make Budapest. But it was uh, very, very good. And they actually stayed in a very sweet hotel. Um, the hotel Michael Jackson stayed in any time he was in Hungary. Um, which you know me, big Michael Jackson fan. Um, was so delighted that I could stay in the same place as, as MJ. You know, I was just gutted that it didn't have Holly with me to dangle her out the window to all the paparazzi and fans were there just waiting to see the big Papa Pump, like, you know what I mean? But it wasn't to be. But that honeymoon is over now and all we're left with are beautiful photos and memories, you know? And as I am uh, recording this, you might have noticed earlier on in this actual bit um, there was maybe a slight change in tone yeah I got a phone call in the middle of my podcast it was my mum had to hang up and be like bitch I'm doing a podcast never phone me during that and the pimp slapper but then she phoned me again and was like no I need to speak to you I just need to let you know um, Holly's not well and mm-hmm. so yeah whenever we were looking after her when you were on honeymoon she was really sick like loads of projectile vomiting and stuff but we didn't want to tell you when we were away um, so you'd be worried and stuff so I went alright dead on we're sly parents but hey did you take her to the doctor and mum was like yeah she's alright just need to keep away eye on her so naturally um, I just had to stop recording the podcast and go and collect Holly from my parents because you know when I heard, when I heard the little girl was sick just had to go and she just needed a big daddy hug you know what I mean just had to go and give her a big daddy hug but on the bright side what that's meant for you guys is that I'm back recording the podcast a day after I started the last one Oh, you know what that means? I did Pug Ugly's Comedy Club. I was back in my favourite club in town, the club that I booked, the club that I love. Um, I was in, and last night we had myself emceeing. We had Jordan Robinson uh, on the opening then on the night, and Aaron Butler came back after seven years away in prison for an undisclosed crime doing the open spot. He actually wasn't in, in prison, but you know I like to pretend he was. And then headlining... Rory Woods so very solid night I'm, I'm really enjoying Jordan Robinson at the minute he's a New York act he's sort of cutting his teeth good material you know I think um, if you haven't seen him yet check him out I'll definitely be hopefully gigging with him a bit more getting them on a pugs a bit more and if I have any big shows coming up I'll be hoping that he open for me so you know um, check him out and keep an eye out for Aaron Butler as well he'll be gigging a lot more now he's returned from prison again just reminding everybody that and uh, obviously you know Woodsy Woodsy's Woodsy like you know he's 
on fire at the minute and he had another flipping great set so um, I actually need to work out who's on next week because I've written in the book somewhere but then gone got married and just been blocked basically for a week so I don't really know what the lineup is next week but I know Woodsy's MCing because I'm going on be on honeymoon numero dos to Lanzarote um, which as I'm recording this I'm quite nervous because it's a four hour flight or something like that four or four and a half hour flight and I have an 11 month old child to bring with me and she just doesn't sit still She's incapable of sitting still, so I'm going to have to, like, you know, drop a Schwarzenegger on her and just, like, knock her out. Albeit, yeah, in the movie um, Commando, where he did that, he killed a guy. But hopefully I'll not kill her. But I, I just, I'm, I'm stressing out as to how she's going to behave in the plane. But, I mean, as my motto in life is, guys, you cross that bridge when you get to it. Do you know what I mean? Whenever you get to that bridge, you look there and you'd be like, is it sturdy enough to walk on? I'm not going to be thinking about it whenever I'm a mile down the road. Do you know what I mean? I've other things to worry about, like the potential of like coyotes just jumping out of the wilderness and getting you, albeit a living banger. But you get what I'm saying. Like there are more present danger. You worry about the potential current danger and then you deal with the rest after. So um, I'll see what it's going to be like tomorrow. But, you know... Like Daniel Day-Lewis film, there will be blood on this flight. Tomorrow there will be sweat. I will sweat because I'll be anxious and uncomfortable and I'll not enjoy the experience. But hopefully once I get to Lanzarote, I'll get the speedos on because I wear those now because I'm a dad. I'm married dad at that. I'll just get by the pool in my flip-flops, my speedos. Got a wee life jacket for Holly. Fire her and then just fuck her in the pool and I'll just chill all day. It'll be great. But... Yeah, I'm stressing out a wee bit about trying to catch the that Alexander Usyk and Tony Bellew fight. You know, that's my main priority. I'm like, how to get there, bring the laptop with me, get that sourced, and get that fight watched. You know, that's the plan. Um, I realise now that the podcast has been going on for, as I can see, the time in front of me, uh, 47 minutes. So I feel like I should maybe wrap it up soon. But you know what? I missed a week, so I, f- I feel uh, like I could get away with um, talking about a few other things. Because, I mean, I had a couple of stories I wanted to discuss this week. Um, and I felt like there'd be a real a real good time to do that. Let me just say, I'm just, why I'm talking a lot of shit here is because I made notes as, as to the stories I want to talk about. Boom, found. Story number number one. Tinder pensioner who identifies as a 49-year-old asks court to change his age. Whoa. We've all wanted to be a little bit younger every now and again, haven't we? And it hasn't happened since you were denied entry to a restaurant soft play area. It might be on the horizon as you begin to hit your late 20s. Oh, Sly, I'm 32, mate. That's pretty ageist. Worryingly, if it's happening now, you're almost certainly going to make an occurrence when you reach your 60s. Take Emil Rattleband as a prime example. A lo- nice name, Emile Rattleband. The Dutchman, aged 69, or for any French listeners, Soison Neuf, is set on hacking two decades off his age um, that he's begun legal battle to be recognised as a 49-year-old. He says he gets more response on Tinder that way. Needs must and all that. Yeah, looking at the guy, to be fair, for 69, he's fairly dapper. Um, so what's his argument? He says, well, if transgender people are allowed to self-identify, he should be allowed to change his date of birth because the doctor said that he is the body of a 45-year-old. All right, mate. Um, wonder if he'd be that determined if they told me it. Yeah, true. Anyway, he's suing local health authority after being refused the amendment of his age on documents. His case has now gone to court in the city of, Ar- of Arnhemen in East in East Dutch province, Gelderland. The pensioner is born on the 11th of March 1949, feels he is at least 20 years younger and wants to change his date of birth. He says, I'm going to do a sweet Dutch accent here, aren't I? I have done a checkup. What does it show? My biological age is 45 years old. When I'm 69, I'm limited. If I'm 49, then I can buy a new house, drive a different car, I can take up more work. When I'm on Tinder, they say I'm 69, I don't get the answer. When I'm 49, with the face I have, I'll be in a luxurious position. I love that luxurious position. Hey, look, see, to be honest, yeah, technically I'm 80 as fuck, but if you tell me I'm 20, it's luxurious. You know what I mean, baby? It's luxurious to, to have this real old face. Either you look like, a, to be fair, he looks like a, 
a, a bad 49 year old if he is 49 you know because essentially factually he is 69 do you know what I mean but then again that's where you open the can of worms because if you're looking at transgender people people you know technically by the book you're either one gender or the other do you know what I mean but if you're chemical balance in your head is saying that you're one thing that's different than your body is you mean that's what you are in yourself so you should be allowed to change that you know what i'm saying but then he i think he's doing this to be effectively to use this correct scientific term a prick you know he's being a facetious prick effectively and uh, he's trying to go well if transgender people can do it why can't i it's because it's a bit different you know what i mean you you can have a hormonal imbalance in your mind or not an imbalance but a different setup of hormones that don't match your genitals if you know what I mean your your gender you know whereas you know facts are facts your age is what you are you're that old do you know what I mean like you could have a parrot a parrot bird it's like, hey man, I'm a pigeon, and you're like, you you, go, you be you, Mister Parrot, you be Mister Parrot Pigeon. That's sweet, but you're still, no matter what, you you're still this old. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the way your body ages and the way it it changes and stuff, you know. But then again, people die at all ages. People, so, so a woman in China obviously lived till she was 118. I don't know what it is about those Chinese guys. It's so sweet out there. Maybe it's that medicine where you just stick loads of needles in your head for everything that just makes you live so long. But you know, just people vary their ages at different times. This guy's just been a bollocks and you know what? What I'm saying is he probably just wants to change the age because he ain't got enough ass on that Tinder. You know what I'm saying? He is just not getting... There's not... There's just not enough pensioner women on tinder which you know i'm i'm content with do you know what i mean i'm happy enough that there's not because i think you know tinder's a seedy game these days you know what i mean it's not all about love and marriage it's about you know cock on puss action you know what i mean or cock on cock or puss on puss who am i to judge it's 2018 but what i'm saying is it's about fucking it basically isn't it so pensioners as well man Rydal heart or whatever you're called because my phone shut now 69 year old 49 year old dude you know your pecker's not going to be pumping like it was when you were 20 it's just the way the capillaries and the arteries and the veins and shit i know all those don't exist in your pace but you know it's not going to work as well man and I, and I think on that sort of cd note i've gone i've got i've mentioned the word pace which of course i mean penis and that leads on to my next story almost directly which if i go into my facebook i've been tagged in this story um going on five times so you know cheers to everybody who's tagged me in this story um and i don't know why why me but the story said um man dies after injecting silicone into his testicles a tv show is criticized for a segment about a man who died from injecting a scrotum with silicone Australian talk show The Project has detailed a tragic story of a man who died after injecting silicone into his scrotum. The man's mother, Linda Chapman, opened up about the bondage master, Dylan Haffertippin, who she accuses of coercing her son, Jack, into injecting himself with the silicone. Jack, who went by the nickname of Pop Tank, hey, which just happened to coincidentally be one of my nicknames whenever I was at primary school, um, was part of the scene in Seattle fronted by Hafferdipin, which involves followers having engorged scrotums, amongst other f- physical attributes. You know what? Major, major respect to Hafferdipin, like, because, I mean, if you're going to set up your own cult, you know, one of your... You know, bespoke looks is going to be an engorged scrotum. Like, let's not, let's not beat around the bush. Um, but Jack died last month from silicone embolism syndrome, having injected the liquid substance into his scrotum. Um, his mum said, what sort of person injects into their balls? What sort of person does that? Um, someone who feels so badly about themselves, someone who's vulnerable, just wanted to get love at any cost, and it cost him his life. Handing over her son's ashes, she angrily asked Hafferdipin, 
I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. He was in the hospital for about a week and no one thought a mother might want to know. Havard had been explained that her son had requested Chapman not be notified of his health struggles unless absolutely necessary. Don't you think it was necessary when he was on a ventilator and induced coma? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, Jack's probably not keen on his mum knowing what he's doing with his balls. You know, I mean, if, if I was in that circumstance myself and I had decided to inject a lot of silicone into my balls, you know, I mean, it's not done it yet. The, to be fair, no one's asked me to, but I have a feeling I won't do it. But I wouldn't be keen for mum to just rock up to the hospital to have me in a gown with just a giant bollocks. You know, it's not what I want my mum to wear. Like, I wouldn't actually like her witness me with a regular bollocks. I just won't want my mum seeing my bollocks, especially not if they're the size of my head, you know. But um, the, the segment basically of the show has come under fires. Fires? How am I pluralizing everything? From under fire from many viewers with many labeling it as sense of nationality manipulative basically right one person wrote on social media this is hard to watch you know i don't like reading those quotes basically yeah um you know what this was is like jack just is a young pup who's just looking to cater to um the bondage master's needs do you know what i mean and like i find that whole bdsm lifestyle a bit odd you know as i say everyone's open to do what they want in life but there are still some things like if you're open to do something like you people accept that that's you know that's who you are it's what you want to do you should be able to accept that people may have views on it you know what i mean and to be a dude it's just pumping silicone into your balls you know you should be able to go up to him and go hey jack man i know i'm not a doctor but it's a bit weird you know yeah i've got this podcast that is the weird podcast but what's weirder than this podcast is fully injecting your balls with silicone. So, um, you know, RIP Jack, you shouldn't have done that. But I mean, hopefully in heaven, where you are now, you or hell, because I don't know what sort of dude you are. I'm just uh, prejudging you. But what I'm saying is, man, you know, just do you, you know, wherever you are. And the bondage master, you know, just try to get, you know, just, just sell just, just see if you can get one of your boys to just jack you. You know what I mean? Like get get satisfaction that way. Don't be injecting your balls and making people inject their balls. And uh, you know, just just be be a wee bit more health conscious. You know, maybe the people in the BDSM world need to adhere a bit more to health and safety rules. And I'll tell you what, that'd be a handbook I'd be keen to read. The BDSM Health and Safety Handbook. In fact, I'd be keen to co-author it with somebody. Maybe the Bondage Master um, listens to this podcast for tips and wants to, and wants to get in touch. And uh, if you do, I'd be I'll just say it now, I'd be very keen to to assist you on that front. Right? I feel like I've spoken near an hour here, so what I'm going to do what I'm going to do is go on to my favorite segment of the show which is of course listeners questions so um let me see craig care has said i love you papa um craig i appreciate that i know it's not a question but you know i'll take it i'll read it out you love me um and i love i love you too my man so thanks for uh being love with me i appreciate that um and i love you back and John Drew Flood has said, congrats again on the wedding, and I hope you enjoyed the trip away. But my question today is, did you make a full recovery from your zip incident in time for the wedding night? Hashtag pseudocreme, hashtag ouch. Yeah, um, for those of you that aren't aware, I had a real serious dick injury a few months back, um, whereby I got my private piece. Not, not that I have a public piece, but I got my... My, my my penis caught on my zip quite aggressively and um, I cut the skin I tried to apply some lotion to it turns out that softened the skin I thought that this the the uh, cream had congealed it was just actually softened the skin I ended up pulling all the skin off leaving myself with a red raw piece and then I was on antibiotics at the time for chest infection so then it just didn't heal and I thought you know I'm on a real race against time to get better here you'd be pleased to know everything was working in full working order do you know what I mean? On the wedding night, albeit I was a bit like that 69-year-old riding hard guy and could have done with a wee bit of extra help in the old capillaries, arteries situation. If you catch my drift, yeah, I should have taken Viagra. I was drunk. But 
hey that's that's romance isn't it that's love that's that's romance um Chris Barr said, Hey Dave, hope you have a great wedding and a great time in Budapest. Going to use my second news that I sent last week is my weird story, as it wasn't used. Yeah, sorry for that, Chris. I planned on doing the double episode last week, but then I just uh then I just didn't didn't do that because I thought I'd be able to record one in advance and then believe it or not, super busy about getting married. Long story short, and I'll fly through this. Um Chris this week, apologies for, for doing so, but you know, it's it's late at night and I'm going on my second honeymoon holiday in the morning, so I need to get early to bed. Um oh no. Woman twenty three removes her belly button and gives it to her boyfriend as a present. Um body modification fanatic Paulina Castillas Landeros. But I love that. Body modification fanatic. Paulina Castillas Landeros. Went under the painful surgery to dehumanise herself in a symbolic way. But now she regret now she regrets it. Mm. Now, I wonder what part of this Paulina Cathiat Landeris would have you know, in the build up this thought, you know, this is a good idea. I want to dehumanise myself, but you know what? Whenever you cut something off, it's attached to you, you ain't gonna have that anymore. You know what I mean? It's like me going, hey, I think I know what I should give my my wife as a wedding present. What's that, Dave? My ears. And then you get them off and you're like, oh shit, I ain't got no ears anymore. I'm some Voldemort type freak. Like, what's going on? I ain't got no ears, man. I see these like holes inside of my head, look like seal. Not seal. An, an actual seal, you know? But, um,. Yeah, she underwent numerous surgeries, such as back corset, which involves getting piercings across either side of the spine and split tongue. Yeah, it's also weird. People look at their tongue split to look like a serpent. You know what I mean? Eventually, you're going to be an old lady with a, a blue rinse in your hair and a serpent tongue. You know, people say you're a witch, and all the kids in the street will then believe you're a witch because that's serpent tongue. Um, but she's she, she regrets it. She says that it was reckless and impulsive. Yeah, it, it is. Um, but then here's the thing, right? There's a picture of her having cut her belly button off for her boyfriend, and she's got a tattoo across her stomach that says "My body, my choice." So you know what I mean. In a nutshell, what you're doing there, Paulina Cathiatlandorth, is you know you're saying you're taking responsibility, your choice, you regret it, you know, fuck you, <laughs> your body, your choice, and you balls that one up. So you got to live with it. But what Chris's question is. Is have you did you try Unicum and what did you think of it? Yeah, Chris, as I actually mentioned earlier, I did. I tried some Unicum and it's not delicious. That being said, I bought a bottle and brought it home because you know what I mean. You got to have a souvenir, and um, there's a lot of cum in Hungary. Like a lot of their food and a lot of their activities, anything that's good over there is cum. It's almost like they are fans of the Boytown podcast and just use that kind of kind of lingo going forward. Um, but let me see where we're at. Paddy Mac has said, "Are there any ideas for a Christmas pug uglies with a longer lineup?" P.S. Congrats. Um, I assume you mean on the wedding, not just on pug uglies, which is great as well. Which is great. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm flirting with having a bit of a Christmas special, which I think I'll do. You know, I think I'll I'll pull that together and um, have an absolute ball. So keep an eye on it um, and if you're back Patty get on down check it out um, where are we at now Gareth Owens well Dave hope married life is treating you well how was the head on Sunday, Saturday morning um, name and shame did anyone make a tit of themselves at the wedding I'll be honest no everybody was in great form everybody had a great time but genuinely myself and Shane were the two most hungover guys that have ever been hungover. Like, I, my head on Saturday, it was genuinely, like, probably because I can remember it, but in terms of looking back, that was the worst hangover of my entire life. Mainly because I started drinking at breakfast and finished, like, in the dead of the next day. But I was in a world of hurt. And then I had to prepare to go on honeymoon, look after a baby and stuff the next day. And I just literally put my hands up and said to Catherine, I'm like, hey, you know, we're married now. I'm just going to be honest with you. I ain't doing jack shit the rest of this day. I'm, I'm incapable. I can't move. Can't feel, can't feel my legs, mate. Can't feel my hands. I've got a sore head. I just sat until um, it was Sunday. And that was what... Yeah, so that, that was an awful, awful day. From the best day ever to the worst, literally, back to back. As I said earlier, it was so bad I couldn't eat my breakfast. And, like, I've eaten all my breakfast 
every breakfast ever and every breakfast since then I've eaten do you know what I mean and last question Chris Henning said congrats on the wedding hope you had a great day did you eat any goulash in Budapest yeah goulash soup my man not even goulash no rice for me just straight up goulash soup Mm-mm-mm. which was great um, in fact, I'm a liar. Last question is from Jamie Harrison. Said, is your last name now double-barreled? Ha <laughs> No. Jamie, we scamp. You know I don't like a double-barreled name. Um, I just think it's, bizar- it's bizarre to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you want to do that, again, your own choice. But to me, it's just a bit weird. You know, I think that, like, knowing what my friends are like and my comedian mates and... I get bullied if I if I took on her name. Plus, uh, you know, Catherine's uh, dad's a jerk guy. I don't want his name. So <laughs> it is what it is. I've taken her over to my side. I've taken her to the dark side. It is what it is. <laughs> we move forward. But guys, that's the end of this week's podcast. Again, sincerely from the bottom of my heart. I apologise for not putting the pod out last week and I apologise for referring to the podcast as a pod. Hey, I'm 32, I'm, I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'll be back again next week. Uh, I, again, I would like to insist you read and review the podcast. Share it when I put it out. If you see it on Twitter, retweet it. You know what I mean? Don't like it. I mean, like basically it's just a slap in the face. Re-fucking-tweet it. And if I put it on my Facebook page, share it, do whatever you want. Just get more people on board in the weird podcast. And the more people are listening, the more people are asking questions, the weirder it can get. You know, I have a few wee uh, things on the horizon that might make the podcast a little bit better. I'm not saying it's going to be a sponsor. I'm not saying I've got a few guests lined up, but, you know, could be a sponsor. could be some guests. Yeah, full to full to say Mourinho. I'm not saying it is, but it is. <laughs> it could be what it is. I am a special one, and I will see you next week. Goodbye.